welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. Yeah, let's just wing it. Okay, so uh, hey everybody, this is uh, Andy and Brandon. We are this is our first official podcast, so we're looking at April tenth, two thousand nineteen. We've been on the internet for gosh, probably about four or five years. Um, as you started asking questions, hey, how are you doing this? How are you putting people into these properties? Where are you getting your clients? We know that there's so much demand out there for this sort of stuff. Is there any way we can invest with you? Can you show me how to do it? So on and so forth. So that started for, I mean, I was getting that literally four or five months after I started doing this. And um, I'd say four or five years later, we wound up putting the site up on the internet and and the rest is history. So um, that's the real brief summary of how this all began. Um, Brandon, what you want to you know, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ask some questions or whatever. Yeah. So me and you met, you know, through, through real estate, I thought this was a, a, a crazy, crazy idea. Awesome opportunity. Um, I've been digging through real estate podcasts, blogs, every, everything out there and had never heard about this. Um, so after talking to all of our members over the past couple months, I thought that this would be a great opportunity for people to learn and kind of hear stories about people who've been successful in the business, our successful members. That's kind of how I I pretty much taught myself real estate investing by doing that. Um, and we do have we have a ton of successful members that I can't wait to interview and let everybody kind of learn from, but. I figured this would be this would be a great introduction to it. Why don't we just learn from the from the person who kind of put everything together? So, um, yeah, we just wanted to kind of ask you just a couple a couple questions and kind of get everybody your story. You know, everyone's heard reads your emails and and uh, knows who you are, kind of. But I think this the the members will love it. Um, so, cool. I guess you kind of touched on it a little bit. <clears throat> But my first question was really, um, why don't you let everybody know, you know, like I said, this is something that I'd never heard about. It's not known in real estate circles, really. So what, like, I know you didn't in, invent, like, <clears throat> idea, but, uh, like, what brought you to to group homes? How did, how did you kind of get started with this? What was your motivation behind it? How did you figure it out and everything? Yeah. So, you know, good question. So kind of like a lot of people, um, you know, I got, I got out of school back in 2000. I was, I had a great time working in corporate America. My first job was awesome. Um, but I was a little bit disenfranchised when probably six months, literally six months after I started, it might've been faster than that. Uh, the company started going down the tubes and they started firing people and laying people off, so on and so forth. Um, about that time, I had read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which, you know, probably 90 percent of our audience has heard of or, or already read. Or should. Yeah, I mean, it, it, every, everybody's read. Anyways, I read and I was a young guy at the time and I said, hey, you know what? This is for me. 
I had seen a lot of things happen in my life where people around me, uh, family members had lost their jobs. And, um, you know, I, I never wanted that to happen. I wanted to be self-reliant. Um, so I had seen it happen in, you know, when I was a young man, like very young, uh, at home. And then literally my first corporate job out of school, I mean, every person that I was working with was getting fired. Um, and I read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I said, all right, I, I got to, you know, I got to set myself up somehow. So long story short, I, uh, I bought a condo. I got ripped off. I probably paid 15 grand, which doesn't sound like much, you know, now in uh, 2019, but I probably paid about 15 grand more than I should have for the condo. Uh, then I bought another one. Then I bought another one. And I started following this kind of rich dad, poor dad model, if you will, uh, renting stuff out, you know, looking to make $50 cash flow a month. This is again back in 2000. And, um, you know, I would just save, you know, every last penny, every last nickel. And I would buy these things up. Um, so fast forward a couple more years. I had, you know, I I'd, I'd built up, a, you know, probably about seven or eight of them. And, um, you know, and it was good. I mean, I was making a little bit, a little bit of money. I was still working in corporate America. Um, but I remember reading an article in the newspaper talking about how these people were getting out of these hospitals and they had nowhere to go. Okay. And so I was like, you know what? I think that there's probably a business model here. These people are getting out of the hospitals. They have nowhere to go. Why don't, rather than renting out one of my properties for a thousand bucks a month, why don't I start up a company, rent it to myself for a thousand bucks a month, and then put eight of these people in a property and charge them, you know, six, seven, eight people in a property and charge them four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars, a thousand bucks a month each, um, and actually have an operating business. Um, so, long story short, that's that's really what I what I did, uh, and I had seen other people do um, not that particular model, but take operating businesses and use those operating businesses to create a lot of cash flow and then buy real estate with it. And I'd seen millionaires get made doing that. So I said, hey, you know what? I'm just gonna do this on a smaller level. And uh, and that's what I did. You know, I took one property um, that had, looking back on it, probably, I don't know, maybe like it was probably a four bedroom home and we put two beds in each room. And, um, I think we charged about give or take about back then, probably about five fifty or something a month. Maybe it was 500 actually back then. And all of a sudden I had gross revenues of about 3000 versus rental income of a thousand. And, um, yeah, the, the rest is kind of history. Awesome. So I'm going to, I'm just to play devil's advocate and, uh, yeah. ask a, a question that, most people, if they're if they're just new members, or it's the same question that that I had too when when uh, when I first met you. So, uh, mm -hmm. what license did you get to do that? <laughs> we did not have a license. You know, there you don't have to have a license when you're when you're when you're in this business. I mean, um, people would always ask me that question, and and I would say, well, you know, we have a we have a business license because I incorporated a business. Um, you know, because I wanted to make sure that that business entity that was signing the leases was separate from the entity that held the real estate. But that was it. I mean, you know, when I bought that first condo, it's very funny, but when I bought that first condo, um, I got a roommate and I lived for free. Mm -hmm. um, and, and in fact, the, the I, I found a lady, I put an ad 
uh, over at the local university. And there was an older lady that somehow saw the ad. She was from England and she lived with me for, for like a year and she paid me $600 a month. Um, and that was when I was call it 21 years old. Well, I, I didn't need a license to, to do that back then. And so my philosophy and my thought process was, why do I need to do, you know, get a license, you know, when I'm going to be doing basically the exact same thing, just with a few more roommates. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so just to kind of, just to kind of bring it back and kind of tell the story a little bit, um, obviously the, the first step for people is, is to, is to have a home, right? I mean, that's like the product that you're selling. So you had, Absolutely. you had, rental. it was, it was a rental property that you had just kind of decided to set up for this model. Um, how do you remember your first tenant and, and how you got your first tenant? And if it's not the specific first one, you know, can you let people know kind of how you found your, your first couple tenants? Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. So funny enough, I'm actually now remembering the property that it was uh-huh. prior to. OK, so what happened was I had I had a lady. She was on Section 8 that was living at this property and um, she was a complete and total disaster. Uh, anyways, long story short, her co-payment got increased. And naturally, as as we always know, this is going to happen. Whenever their co-payments get increased, they never wind up making the payment. (laughs) So, um, you know, let's say Section 8 back then was paying me a thousand bucks a month. Her her co-payment gets increased to 500. Next thing you know, she's not paying it. Next thing you know, I'm losing money. And I'm like, hey, you got to get out of here. And it, it took me forever to get that lady out of there. Uh, finally, when I did get her out of there, I said, you know what, I'm going to take this property. I'm going to try out this group home care home model. Um, and I had already been doing some research. And so what I would do is I would I had already been on the phone with, you know, with hospitals, case managers, uh, social workers. And I had asked them, hey, do you have clients that need a place to live? And, you know, 100 percent of the time they would tell me, yes, I do. Um so I think the first thing that I did, quite honestly, I printed up a bunch of flyers and I went down over to a lot of these hospitals and there were people literally sitting out in front of these hospitals with nowhere to go. And I want to say that the first person that I got, I want to say, I don't remember what his name was. Um, but anyways, I think we gra- I grabbed him at one. I say I grabbed him, but I introduced myself at one of these hospitals gave him a flyer. He said, yeah, I am actually looking for a place to live. I don't have anywhere to live right now. And I think I said, well, how much, you know, do you have any income stores? He said, yes, I'm on SSI, SSDI, I get 850 bucks a month. Um, You know, I've got this community liaison that is my, uh, my beneficiary or whatever. Those are the folks that actually get, um, get collect the money. And, um, you know, we took them over to the property, you know, and, um, gave him a nice bed and some, gave him a room. Uh, next thing you know, he started talking to his case manager. I met his case manager and his case manager started sending us people. And the, you know, I would say probably took about a month and a half to fill that first property up. Perfect. That was my next question. So within about 45 days from, from your idea to, to, uh, well, when you started marketing the home, it took you about 45 days to get it filled up. Yeah, to get it filled up. And, you know, we would go over to the Salvation Army 
And um, that's where we would get all the furniture. I mean, we probably spent, no joke, furnishing that property at most 500 bucks, at most. Yeah. And folks, uh, just just a quick plug. You can hop over to YouTube, Group Home Riches. Uh, just search that. And there's a walkthrough of one of the properties where you can kind of, you can walk through and see how Andy has one of his, his homes set up. So, um, so that's awesome. Now, uh, so that was, that was your first home. So the first, the first couple of tenants, you were really just getting out there, kind of boots on the ground, introducing yourself to people. Uh, now you have, uh, you do kind of combination of marketing, uh, you have a list of people you, you kind of send flyers to and emails to. How big is your list now? It's quite honestly, it's still really not even that big. I mean, we probably only have, I don't know, 500 people on the list. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and really, we rarely even use it anymore because we don't need to. Where are uh, you most of your leads from now? It, it's, it's all referral based now. I mean, you got to have a website. That's obviously super, super, super important. It's, it is important to have, you know, an email campaign that you're using, especially at the very beginning. Um, <clears throat> but once you have a couple of properties filled up and once these case managers and social workers know you, I mean, your, your phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Um, but at the very beginning, you know, um, there was a lot of energy and effort that went into marketing it. I mean, <laughs> We would do anything and everything. I mean, I I remember days where I would literally sit around. I had a fax machine. This is old school, right? I'm not talking about e-fax or whatever. I'm talking like a physical fax machine that you're like, you know, loading the paperwork (laughs) into. Yeah, Uh, yeah. But I would get a list of all of like the hospitals, all the intake facilities in in the in the basically the five county area, and I would literally just spam fax them all day long. And it was a very simple one page document that basically said transitional housing provider available for your clients, you know, $500 per month. We accept SSI, SSDI, you know, room, board, you know, food, the whole nine yards with a phone number. And that's all it was. And I would blast that thing out. We would just spam it. And I'd blast that thing out nonstop. I might send, this is back in the day, you know, I'd, I'd literally sit there for three or four hours just sending faxes out. Uh, and then three or four hours after that, I'd be doing the exact same thing with emails. So I would call up the hospitals, figure out who all the case managers were, figure out who all the social workers were, um, you know, rehab clinics, nursing homes, the whole nine yards. You got to build up your list. And then once you have that list, you just got to start marketing to them. And mark my words, every single place has got people that need to leave and they got to have a place to put them. Right. Uh, and, you know, so we, we were in high demand. Um, we were in high demand. So phones started blowing up and, uh, you know, it, it didn't take very long, you know, to have 10 houses up and going like real fast. And another question that, that I just thought of, like kind of a common question was uh, like uh, what, what very specific niche of the population was was your first home? I mean, what, were we talking like disabled male senior citizens age five? Yeah, that that's absolutely what we went after, and it wasn't necessarily targeted or by design. It was just yeah. that that's the way it happened. 
So that first client that I mentioned to you a second ago, he was an elderly guy. He was probably 65, maybe something along those lines. Some sort of disability, I don't remember off the top of my head, probably duly diagnosed, so on and so forth. And his case manager probably just figured, hey, these guys are good at handling these sort of people. Let me send similar clients over to them. Okay. Uh, so that that's where we started. And then, of course, it branched off from there. And um but when you were when you were first starting out, you didn't like uh, you didn't, for example, only only look for like uh, a specific age group that might have been veterans only or or something like that. You kind of just absolutely not, absolutely yeah. not. You you got to cast a wide net. I mean, the the truth of the matter is, you know, if, if you're going on a marlin fishing you know expedition in, in Maui or whatever. Um, you're not just going to catch marlin. I mean, you're, you're just not. I mean, you're going to catch other stuff. You're going to throw it back. Um, but in this business, especially at the very beginning, um, obviously, we were out there to help people. We, we wanted to provide safe, affordable, quality housing for folks, you know, that had a wide variety of special needs. Like that was that was the goal and that was the model. But what we really wanted to do I mean, you know, we wanted to make money as well. Like there's no sugarcoating it. Like, you know, we needed to be profitable. The only way that I was going to be able to help other people and help out a lot of folks was if I had the finances and and the financial ability to stay in business. Um, And so I wasn't going to say, no, we can't take you because of X, Y, and Z. You know, oh, you, you have schizophrenia. Sorry, I don't have any schizophrenia uh, focused or centric homes. I, I am only dealing with folks with depression. Well, you know, I would take anybody and everybody, anybody that needed help. I was willing to take, and um, you know that that's how we did it. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned you had the first home. It took you about between a, a one and, and two months, and then you uh, you kind of just uh, scaled it from there and converted the rest of your rental homes into that. Uh, what would you say was your biggest obstacle when when scaling? Uh, and at what point like did you did you kind of need to bring on people to help you out? Great, great, great question. It's funny before you even ask that you know question, hey, when did you need to bring on people? I was already thinking of um, a mistake that I made. Um, it was probably maybe on like house number three or something. Uh-huh. Anyways, long, long story short, what what we wound up doing um, was we we hired a husband wife team, which you know that's got pros and cons. Uh, I've kind of made it an internal rule to never do that <laughs> again <laughs> because I had I had another business um, and things did not turn out well with that thing, and it was because I I made that husband wife decision, which wasn't good. Anyways, I did the exact same thing with this. We had a husband wife team. <clears throat> gave them, you know, free room and board, uh, you know, credit card. And we basically said, hey, you know, get after it. Uh, go do the shopping for all these places. And the next thing you knew, our food costs like skyrocketed. And uh, people were eating us out of house and home. And we're talking baby calves at a lot of these properties. You want to talk about people drinking milk? Like, oh, my God, you'll, 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 see, you'll see a gallon and a half of milk per person <laughs> you know, get, uh, get down in no time flat. So, um, you, you got it. You got to be really careful with that. So that's something to really take into consideration. The other thing is just watching your expenses. Um, so I would say food costs and cable TV 
were probably the two biggest issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way that, that I put a stop to it was on the food costs. We basically said, hey, you know, you two, the husband wife team, you're not shopping anymore. Okay. Uh, you're not, you're not doing the shopping. You can do the inventory on what these properties need, but you're definitely not going to be doing the shopping. Um, so that was one way we put a stop to that. And then we really just started trying to carve away each and every month at our food costs. And that's how this business works. Uh, and that's how any business works. You know, you're going to, you're going to get in there. You're probably going to be a little bit fat, a little bit bloated, and then you got to start cutting away, you know, the carbs, you got to cut away the, the salts, you know, the bad foods, so on and so forth. And eventually you're going to, you know, you're going to harden up. Um, so that's more of a, you know, a fitness analogy, but you have to do the exact same thing with these, with these businesses. And of course, with, with these group homes. Um, so that was one of the biggest problems that we faced at the beginning were food costs and folks just eating more than they should have been eating. Um, you know, your, your, your goal is not to turn these people into 400 pound blobs like you're going to see, you know, at the, uh, at a lot of the all you can eat buffets <laughs> in Las Vegas, right? I mean, right. your, your goal is to keep them healthy. You know, you want to keep them healthy, keep them well. And, um, so, you know, in doing so you got to watch their food intake, uh, which is, has, two benefits. One of them is your food costs are going to be lower. Number two, you're going to keep your clients healthy. Um, so that was that was one of the issues. The other issue that popped up a lot were the, um, back then it was Time Warner Cable. They've since been acquired by Spectrum, but the, uh, the Time Warner Cable costs. And so what was happening was, you know, especially in the mail homes, the guys were ordering lots of movies. You can guess what kind of movies they were, <laughs> they were ordering. So <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> you I, know was, I, mean? I was going to make the joke about that, but that's actually what was, that's actually what happened, huh? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. So you have to be really, you got it. You got to be vigilant, watching all of your expenses. So what we eventually did is we found a point of contact over at Time Warner, and uh, she was able to make those cable packages that we purchased restri- restrictive. Um, so that way, you you know, you could only make you know, you can only order certain types of movies. It was, it was basically a fixed cost. Um, the other thing, because you're going to be dealing with people that oftentimes are not taking their meds, even when they should be taking their meds, um, you are going to, uh, you're going to want to put a restriction on the 911 calls. So you don't want to get charged for those or the three, I'm sorry, the 311 calls. Okay. So you want to you want to block the three one ones. And though, uh, just to kind of clarify uh, for myself and anyone else, three one one those that's the non uh, not emergency number, correct? Correct. You got it. Okay. But they'll charge you for those if you let them. And the next thing you know, you know, you've got you know four of those happening a day, thirty days in a month. I mean, do the math, right? Yeah. You know, and at, at four bucks a pop, <laughs> it, it can start adding up, right? I mean, next thing you know, you have a $480 phone bill for people calling 311. Um, so, you know, you live and learn. And, and obviously, you know, that that's why we have all this info, you know, in, in the gold course and elsewhere. So, right. So you definitely don't want to give them free reign to uh, to make any <laughs> any paid calls that they want, and definitely do not want to just give a kind of 
open library for a pay-per-view viewing at their yeah and, and and also as we <laughs> as we tell the caseworkers and the social workers and some of the parents hey you know th- this isn't the win re- this is not the win resort this isn't the venetian you don't get an all you can eat buffet every single day for breakfast lunch and dinner um you know i mean we're gonna we're not putting these people on calorie restricted diets we're just saying hey you know three square meals a day plus some snacks but you know you're not going to be eating us out of house and home right because so. our, our prime our primary niche we primarily serve the affordable market you know we don't do the fifteen thousand dollar a month stuff right yeah that's what i tell everybody at, at the end of the day it, you know you can market to to whoever you want but it really at the end of the day if you follow the same kind of model that andy follows it's really just affordable housing yeah is exactly uh, people, you know, that they, they probably can't afford a nice one bedroom or a studio apartment and they, they don't have the means to kind of, they probably, one, they probably can't qualify for a regular apartment and they're not going to be able to go out shopping to, to furnish the whole thing. So this is, it, it's a, it's a complete win-win. Yeah. Uh, let me, th- let me throw something else out there as well. Sure. 99% of these clients they just don't have the organizational ability to manage their finances. Yeah. So just think, I know this, this sounds, you know, very, um, very easy for, you know, the average person, but you figure just, just on a house, you've got, you've got your, your time Warner cable, you've got your energy payment, you've got your gas payment. If it's a gas house, you've got your rent, you've got your insurance, You've got your property taxes. I've just listed six different bills that have to get paid each and every month. Yeah, and so they're all online now. So a lot of these folks probably don't even, you know, they're probably not even uh, very fluent with the internet in general, but they have to, you know, manage like six accounts somehow. With yeah. And, uh, yeah. And so what, what we're doing is saying, hey, look, let us come in we're going to take the complexity out of running your life and we're going to allow you to focus on getting well. Yeah. And that that's our goal. You know, our goal is to provide solid, stable, safe, secure, affordable housing in an all-inclusive environment uh, for folks with special needs. And um, that way they don't have all the other distractions. They don't have to worry about going to the grocery store to get food. They don't have to worry about paying their their electricity bill on time. They don't have to worry about paying their gas bill on time. So they don't have to worry about the electricity getting turned off. We're going to handle all of it for them. All they need to do is make one payment per month, which we're going to set up for them because we're going to be working with a third-party representative payee or we will be the, the third-party representative payee. And they don't have to do anything other than focus on on, on getting well. Beautiful. Um, I was going to ask this a little later on, but since since we're on this topic, um, I know you you've we, we've shared a lot of your kind of testimonials from uh, from some of the the tenants that were in your group homes. Do you re, do you remember kind of anyone in particular or, or any story of somebody that came to to one of your homes and and had then kind of checked in with you after that and and. Uh, Kind of what what if anybody that turned around their life or anything oh, like that? Oh, a- a- absolutely. I mean, we've, you know, and, and we 
we've literally handled, I say handled, but we've housed thousands of people over the course of the last 15 or 20 years. Um, so we get, te- I say testimonials, we get a lot of thank you letters and, and we're not asking for them. I mean, these, these are thank you letters that just come in and we're getting thank you letters from clients. We're getting thank you letters from family members. We're getting thank you letters from case managers, social workers, and not letters and emails. We're getting phone calls, the whole nine yards. Uh, but yeah, we, we've had people come into us that are, you know, down on their luck for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe they, you know, maybe they've never even had, you know, drugs or alcohol in their system, but they're depressed for whatever reason. Family member died, so on and so forth. Uh, just lost their job. Um, you know, they need, they need, they need a place to stay. So we try to be the community safety net, and um, you know, we try to be there for them. And, um, you know, they might stay for a month, they might stay for three months, maybe they stay for a year, um, and then they'll leave. And you know what? Maybe we don't hear from them for 12 months. That's fine. But lo and behold, we'll get an email like out of the blue and it'll be like, hey, thank you so much for everything you guys did for me a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. I was just thinking about you all the other day. Wow, you guys are, you know, special people, so on and so forth. So it's, um, you know, it's, it really does make you feel good about what you're doing to not just help people out, but also to help out the community. Yeah. Beautiful. And that's kind of, I know you've mentioned it in one of, one of the emails before, and I've heard you say it quite a lot, but that's, you know, this is not, (laughs) this is far from a a get rich quick kind of thing, but you named it group home riches because that those are the, those are the real riches. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you can feel good about what you're doing. Yeah. Um, look, in, in life, there's a million ways to make a buck. There really are. Um, but I think if you want something that's sustainable, that you can actually feel good about, that you can feel proud about, um, yeah, I, I think that this is a wonderful business and it's a wonderful industry and it's a wonderful opportunity for people. It's got to be the right person, um, you know, that has that has a heart. Uh, that does want to help people, but also wants to financially empower themselves. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits um, to setting these things up, whether it's one of them, two of them, three of them, or or fifty of them. Um, yeah, there's a lot of benefits and riches that come along with doing this because you really are helping people. And uh, as cheesy and corny as this may sound, the more people that you help, um, the more kind of the universe will help you. You know. Uh, in all facets of your life. Yeah, you almost took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say the more, <laughs> even sim- simpler than that, uh, but the really the more the more people you help, the more money you're going to make. A- abs- absolutely. Simple and, and as it's, that. It's totally true. So when you really start dissecting it and you look at it from an analytical standpoint, you know, you're going to say, hey, look, I have a house. Each house has, for sake of argument, eight beds. And you'll you'll get it down to you know a penny by penny you know profit basis. Each bed will make you X dollars per month. Uh, and quite honestly, I haven't even done that uh, that analysis in so long. I mean, now it's you know th- this thing is um, you know it, it it is it's a cash cow. Um, it's a great business, um, but yeah, it's 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 a monster. Uh, again, though, I mean, this business doesn't work in all. Um, environments in the U.S., right? I mean, it, it's going to be a little bit harder to pull this off 
in Santa Monica, California. I mean, you can, but you have to change the way that you do your marketing um, in Santa Monica, California versus Cleveland, Ohio. You know, uh, yeah. you can pull it off in Dallas, Texas. You can pull it off in Houston. You can pull it off in uh, in certain parts of Florida. You're going to have a hard time pulling it off in Miami. You're going to have a hard time pulling it off in, you know, Palm Beach. Uh, you're going to have a hard time pulling it off in New York City. But again, you can put a different spin on it and then you can pull it off. Um, so you want to do it in Malibu, California? Okay, it, it needs to be more of a, a treatment-based approach and you're targeting a different demographic. You're targeting very wealthy people that come from wealthy families and um, you know the kids have got problems, You know whatever they may be, typically it's gonna be alcohol, drugs, and you're gonna charge 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 a month. Um, but if you live in Cleveland, Ohio, and you're probably going to have a harder time doing that. So, you know, that $500 per month range, it's going to work. You know, there's a huge opioid epidemic. People need to be in these recovery homes. They need to be in group homes. They need to be in a place where they can get well, they can focus on getting well, and they can do it at an affordable cost. And the reason that you brought up those those specific kind of markets, really just simply uh, because of the cost of living, correct? Uh, yeah, cost of living, cost of housing, primarily. Yeah, so it, it definitely, you definitely do need to kind of crunch your numbers a little bit, see how much your housing is going to cost, and and then see if it, it it would make sense. And if not, like Andy said, you can you can focus on uh, other other niches or or other markets where you can charge a little bit more. Right. Yeah, you're gonna have to adjust accordingly. So um, another uh, kind of question regard regarding the business you know a lot of people come to us the majority of our members work in the medical field they're working crazy hours they're not making enough money and they come to us because this is really just something that where they can kind of serve the this their same purpose they can help people out but they need a little bit of help with with the business uh, eventually they would like to replace their their income so uh how long do you think it got you got to, how long did it take you to get to a point where you could have kind of comfortably lived off of the group home business uh, alone? OK, yeah, great question. So a couple, couple of caveats. Number one, I was single. I did not have a family at the time. Mm -hmm. um, number two, my overhead was, as a result, substantially lower than now. So I would presume you know, call this 2003, 2004. I mean, back then I could probably live on $2,200 a month. Okay. Uh, so, you know, one house basically. Okay. So, and that was, that was getting by. So once, and, and you, you got to that point after, you know, like a month and a half. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think? Do you think within like two or three months you, you could have, you know, not just gotten by, but you were like living, living comfortably paying bills, yeah, yeah. spendable uh, income as well. Abso absolutely. So um, if, if we kind of rephrase the question and said, hey, how long would it have taken you to have achieved passive income uh, through that business and had additional money left over each and every month to reinvest? Yeah. Um, so call it, you know, five grand a month or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, just kind of back into it. You're looking at, you know, call it two or three group homes. So, you know, no more than four months. Beautiful. Yeah. And that that's a conservative number. You know, these things in a, in a 
moderate income environment like a, a Houston, Texas, um, you know, really almost anywhere throughout the country other than the sand states. Um, if you follow this model, you should pull up, pull down $1,500 to $3,000 per month per property. Right. Net, not gross, net. And, and uh, compared to uh, a lot of a lot of folks coming to us might not be familiar with, with real estate investing, uh, but most of the the buy and hold investors that I know, you know, they're they're happy, they're happy if they're making maybe two or three hundred bucks a month per property, and that is, you know, that's not average. Yeah, they're they're, they're really not even they're really not even making that. I mean, yeah, that's considered I, I, a great I, I deal. Know what these, I know what these things, you know, gross net the whole nine yard. It's going to cost you fifty percent just to operate the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to have broken water heaters. You're going to have broken HVAC systems. You're going to have roof leaks, the whole nine yards. And, you know, you got your property taxes. I mean, your property taxes in, in most states, um, you know, that that's two to three months worth of worth of rent. I mean, just back into it. There's no money left over when it's all said and done. Um, so what we're really what what I really did is I basically said, hey, I'm turning these things. I'm just I'm just going to get better asset utilization out of them. I mean, that's really what we did out of them. Yeah. It's a beautiful way to, to, to take advantage of all the, the advantages of home ownership, real estate investing, you're building equity, but at the same time, you're, you're basically just having a cash flowing business run out of the properties and you get, you know, the quote unquote riches that we talked about earlier, which is really yeah. just been out your community. Yeah. And- it- it's an operating business. The other thing that that you'll find with <laughs> with these things is that now that you have an operating business, when you go over to the banks, they look at you so much differently. I mean, it's yeah. so much easier to go obtain a loan. You know, so much easier because now you have an operating en- entity that's renting that property. You know, um, you got a lot of free cash flow that's just, you know, coming in each and every year out of it. So it makes it a lot easier to get, you know, to get the financing. I mean, I was able to, you know, borrow millions of dollars during the recession. Uh, and I'm telling you, that was a hard time to get money. So, yeah. and a lot of that had to do with, with this business. Beautiful. So, uh, my last question for you, um, so again, you know, I've been talking to our members over the past couple months. I would say the the majority of them, they don't really, you know, they don't uh, they don't come from a real estate investing background or a corporate background. They don't really have any uh, any too much experience running a business themselves, but they have that desire to to help people out. You know, it's in their in their blood. We usually yeah. they're their, their current position. Um, so if, if I were somebody like that and I were looking for something that I wanted to kind of learn the business aspect of this and maybe get like a, what you just brought up, like a sample business plan, for example, of, of how you got a loan during, during the recessions, Mm -hmm. where would I go to find something like that? I mean, I would just go onto the internet I mean, you, you know, where else are you going to get your info these days? I, well, have you have you personally put together any, any material where someone could uh, could find some stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's all at our website. I mean, we we put I put that website up. I don't know four years ago or whatever it was, just to start 
teaching people and showing them how they can do this. I mean, look, would I love to, to have these things all throughout the country? By all means. But is it feasible? Yeah, it's feasible. But you know what? The easiest way for me to actually impact society is just putting the word out, getting it out to people that want to actually help and uh, showing them how to set these things up. And so that's kind of what we did with Group Home Riches, you know, the website. Perfect. And we do have uh, we do have a ton of people that get started just by just by reading the free blog on on the website or they sign up for our mailing list and the free training material that you can get at a grouphomeriches.com and just get started now. There's a real easy form to fill out. But if there was somebody that just ready to go, they're, they're gung-ho and they're ready to get started, what, what do you, what's the quickest way to kind of get started and, and get all the information? Well, look, yeah, we, we, I, I put together and, you know, all the stuff that I've been doing for the last 20 years is in the goal course. Um, from the leases to the contract forms to, you know, the marketing stuff, how to find clients, how to, you know, the scripts, you know, how to talk to the case managers, what to say to them, how to talk to the social workers, the whole nine yards. I like everything's in there. I mean, I, we've got a video, uh, an interview with a couple of our house managers. I mean, the house managers effectively run this business. You know, there's really not that much that you need to do other than oversee people, you know, that's it. Um, so we've got everything laid out step by step by step in the goal course. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and uh, that's kind of where I wanted to leave off. So if, if you found us, you know, obviously you're looking for something specific. You're not just browsing the Internet <laughs> looking for a random business. You know, this is a very specific thing that someone's looking into. So if, if you made it this far, you definitely at least go to the site and sign up for the free training information. Check out the blog, start reading our emails. And if you do have any questions, feel free to reach out. Uh, you know, we have uh, Andy will hop in there a lot. There's myself. And then we have a couple other coaches um, and we're, we're always happy to help out. Uh, we want to see as many successful people doing this as possible. Um, so that I'm going to I'll include a link uh, so you can. It's real easy to, to click on. But uh, and you can also go to grouphomeriches.com. Uh, Andy, thank you so much for taking uh, your time out of the day and kind of letting everybody know your story. Uh, do you have any any parting words for the people out there? Yeah, I do. One 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 quick last thing. Um, there is a housing epidemic in this country, an affordable housing epidemic. There's also a homeless epidemic. There's also a drug epidemic. We've got literally millions of people on opioids. We've got millions of people that are using drugs, abusing drugs, abusing alcohol. They want to get off. Maybe they have gotten off. Um, and now that they're off, they don't have anywhere to live. Um, your job as you know somebody that really wants to help out society and impact society and also wants to help out your own personal financial lifestyle uh, and spiritual well-being is to is to go out there and help these people. The easiest way for you to go out there and help these people is by renting a house or taking a house that you currently own and providing housing for these people. It's that simple. You can help people out and you can get paid for it. So, I really encourage you to look into it. It's a great business. Uh, it can really help you out 
financially, spiritually, emotionally, but you can also really impact your community positively. So, you know, re- really go take a look at, at doing this. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much, man. And uh, to everybody out there, feel free to reach out anytime. And we, we look forward to working with you and hopefully seeing you uh, become successful in this business, just like Andy did. Um, maybe even maybe take it bigger than him. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully you will. I'm definitely not the biggest gunslinger on the block. So. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much for your time, Andy. Awesome. Thanks a lot, man.